This B-Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. Loved and trusted by more than 1 million teachers, IXL enhances your teaching and takes work off your plate so you can make an even bigger impact on your students. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights. Strengthen daily instruction, close knowledge gaps quickly, and set every student up for success. Want to bring IXL to your school? Learn more at IXL.com B-E. That's IXL.com B-E. Welcome back to another episode of Big Ideas in Small Windows. I'm your host, Mike Gaskell. And in this episode, I'm contributing to a series of podcasts on AI in schools right here on the B Podcast Network based on an article I wrote recently, which is linked in the show notes. I tend to do this. I take an article that has some really great meat in it and then share that with you right here live. So these are short bursts full of information based on my active and updated research on AI in education. Now, in today's episode, we're diving into the world of AI chat tools and their incredible uses and potential albeit imperfectly, and I'm going to go over that, in education. This year has seen such a rapid change in access to AI chat tools designed to interact with us using natural language processing in classrooms. These tools are evolving every day, becoming more versatile, and some educators and school leaders are even finding innovative ways to integrate them right into their own educational landscapes. Are you one of them? Whether you are or not yet, let's take a closer look at some of the uses and cautions so we can tap the ability to increase our efficiency and effectiveness using AI. Now, it's important to acknowledge that while AI chat tools offer remarkable productivity, they come with their really own set of limitations that we as educators and communities and schools need to understand and navigate around in order to make best use of them. I used a really great example of this in my last podcast. If you haven't listened to it yet, go back and check that quickie out too, about AI biases and how significant the cautions are about that. But I always offer a solution, how to work around them. So check out that one as well if you haven't yet. Let's explore two key examples that illustrate constraints and then ways to work around such constraints to better amplify the benefits of AI chat tools. They're there and people are taking advantage of them. So should we as educators. So first, let's consider the expression of a person's point of view through voice and how AI has difficulty with our expression of voice. AI chat tools often struggle with capturing the emotional nuances that humans interpret through tone and pitch and expression. While humans can detect emotions like joy, anger, or sadness in someone's voice, AI chat tools lack this capacity, leading to a more mechanical and kind of a less emotionally intelligent interaction. The other thing you'll see is a lot of redundancy. It keeps repeating the things that you prompted it to. We don't always do that in natural conversation. We tend to just kind of say it once and then maybe elaborate on that, but you'll see the mechanics be repetitive in in chat AI. So regardless of the conspiracy theorist fear, AI is not a sentient conscious mind that can think with a voice, expression, or emotion. Rather, it simply finds information in that massive archive of the internet's ecosystem and then converts it based on a prompt 
in a way that proceeds it prompts requests to have the information organized back to you. Now, while this can make AI-generated responses sound impersonal, especially when trying to convert a person's unique perspective, you need to be aware of that and then be prepared to address that. So you're going to get some great output, but you're going to need to address it. Now, recently, some AI geeks have suggested that we can add our voice by uploading a document that we've written from something we've expressed a point of view on. And while this may sound appealing as a shortcut, the process really seemed arduous when I read through the sequence of steps and started following their commands. And it's still suggested to me going back and double checking and editing with your voice. AI geeks experimented with training AI voices on their own writing and then reinforced that this highlights the necessity of checking and editing that generated content to ensure its alignment with the context and uniqueness of the topic. That is part of my suggestion within this episode. We must add our own expression to that remarkably imperfect and yet efficient generative AI system that we have access to. Now, secondly, let's talk about the challenges of generating a person's eyes or other body parts, but I'm going to focus on eyes here. Now, human eyes are complex and rich in detail, and they reflect emotions and feelings visually. AI algorithms really struggle and have great difficulty accurately recreating these intricate structures, often resulting in eyes that lack depth and emotion. And quite frankly, just looks strange if you look closely at an AI-generated image. Now, these are evident in the chat images I shared in the article I linked in the show notes. So go check that out. I created these images using Bing's image creator feature. Now, I find this tool amazing and yet flawed. The human vision subtleties are conscious and unique, a quality that AI chat tools currently struggle to replicate. Now, I'm not suggesting that it can't someday or that there aren't more advanced systems that you pay for uh, quite a premium that could really come closer to it. But certainly those that have that we have access to out there in the new pioneering world that are free do not have that ability. And yet I don't want to minimize the amazing ability of generative AI images. It's really kind of cool and I've used it in some presentations. Now, despite these limitations, we as educators can harness the power of AI chat tools by understanding their constraints and then finding creative ways to work around them. I said that in the AI biases one, and I'm going to reinforce that here. In the article, I shared a list of prompts addressing advantages and limitations. A few examples from that list include, now, one of those examples is rewriting an email, such as an advantage to helping rephrase messages in ways that are just so much more cohesive. Limitation, I'm always going to share that lacks that person's voice. Another example is something kind of cool for a teacher. Why not write a song to the tune of whatever? And you can create a song that teaches a specific topic. So you can say, write me a song about how to split the atom or whatever the thing is. And it can help the students learn because of course with Melody, we are able to use our mnemonic abilities to retain that information. Limitation, the content should be revised with teacher judgment. If you notice, I'm going to say these kinds of things a lot. Write a letter from the perspective of so-and-so character. I love using examples like Yoda or Mickey Mouse. So I use the example of an advantage. Using known characters can increase student interest, such as Mickey Mouse or, or Yoda. And of course, the disadvantage or limitation could be checking accuracy and content relevance. This is the 
main point I'm trying to make in all these examples. You go back and you look. Here's another cool one. Add emojis to whatever. And chat AI will do a pretty cool job of this. So an advantage is incorporating emojis into specific learning content can add a lot of interest for learners. They identify with emojis. This is their generation. Of course, you have to be cautious with the relevance and appropriateness of these kinds of limitations. There's a whole bunch of other examples that I share in the article that's linked here. So definitely check that out and it will give you some more interesting examples to check out. So fellow educators and leaders, consider that AI chat tools are here to stay. They're not going away. And while policy decisions about ethics and uses should be left to local boards of education, it's our responsibility and role to be aware of these limitations when integrating AI chat tools into our teaching, learning, and administrative strategies and tasks. I'm publishing an article soon about offloading administrivia, both for educators and leaders, because we can save a lot of time and then focus much more of that on learning and student achievement. That's where the rubber meets the road in education. While they offer incredible time-saving advantages that offload tedious tasks that can help us focus on student learning, understanding their boundaries is so key to maximizing the potential of generative AI and maintaining the human touch in education. Now, a bonus of generative AI chat tools is using it for fun and personal pursuits. And this is always a great way to pull both educators in when you're trying to get them interested and of course, school community members. As an example, my wife recently asked me if I could plan an itinerary to walk the Brooklyn Bridge, which I didn't even know was a thing until I actually started researching this. So this offers an amazing view of the Manhattan skyline, and, and it's really kind of a neat area. And hey, who can pass up Brooklyn's famous pizza, right? My command prompt was simple yet distinctive. It gave me an itinerary for walking on the Brooklyn Bridge, including parking and eating nearby. What would have probably taken me about an hour or two to organize in a good old-fashioned Google search brought it to me in seconds. I was amazed. It was instantaneous, and it was pretty darn good. I followed my previously mentioned rules. I edited the parts I felt were necessary and double-checked the potential for what AI articles are referring to and, and writers as hallucinated generations of my prompt. Now, if you're unfamiliar with AI hallucinating, it simply means that AI generations may give inaccurate information. It doesn't happen often, but when it does, it matters. Imagine if I was prompted to park on a street called the Brooklyn Bridge in a state on the West Coast or something. Who knows? Maybe there's a street named Brooklyn Bridge in uh, you know Washington State. Our trip went smoothly. And I learned about the area called Dumbo, which stands for the down under the Manhattan Bridge overpass. This is such a quaint little village we discovered under and along the bridge where we ate and we parked. And it was such a trendy location that actually used to be dangerous and has since been renewed, uh, I'd say within the last 15 years or so, into a trendy, bustling, must-visit spot with a lovely park nearby that we strolled along. Uh, great ice cream, and of course, souvenir shops. And don't forget that Brooklyn pizza that I, I ordered a whole pie and I was planning to eat half of it because I have a good appetite. I ate the whole thing and uh, was thinking I'd bring it back, but I didn't. I brought it back in my stomach. It was delicious. Who knew, but for my wife's request and my five-second query with about five minutes of editing after that I could accomplish this, something that would have taken an hour or two in the past. So the key there is I did something effectively and I was able to do it quickly. 
But then I went back and checked my work. Again, going back and checking work, it's almost like the rev uh, revision process in writing that we teach kids. We always have to go back and check our work. So there are many other fun ways you can imagine to enlist generative AI. And you get the idea and other ways are wide open to consider. I mean, the benefit of using generative AI for fun is like when educators are buried in a highly engaging opportunity to tinker with a new idea or technology. Discover along the way and use the tools you learned for concepts like itineraries for walking the Brooklyn Bridge that you can then generalize to professional related pursuits beyond that. And that's what happens when you're sitting there tinkering and discovering and getting excited. We've all seen it. Anyone who's had this kind of PD knows what I'm talking about. So tinker, have fun, and discover new and innovative ways to do just about anything with generative AI. There are endless opportunities in this, the pioneering stage of generative AI searches and prompts. And we see new tools that are becoming more specialized, like uh, something called Magic School I just came across, a free tool for educators to sign up for. Now, it offers resources like Rubik Creators, and while somewhat limited, has easy to click on buttons to find your path to common generative AI benefits for teachers. And I'm sure they're making an effort to continue adding and improving things. So it may be something good for a beginner or somebody who just likes the consistency of it. And there's so many other kind of tailor-made things like this. So these will continue to evolve in more tailored formats. And so while the godfather of it all, ChatGPT and others will continue to compete, you'll see this sort of streaming off into specialties. And as long as they do, costs should stay down or are free, maybe for educators at least in some capacity, allowing us to save time on so much tedium and increase our efficiency while recognizing the challenges and imperfections along the way. So keep all this in mind as you cautiously but productively use ChatGPT and other generative AI resources out there. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Big Ideas in Small Windows. Stay tuned for more discussions on the intersection of technology and education. Until next time, this is Mike Gaskell signing off. Do you want to save time on prep work, increase student achievement for all of your students, reliably meet Tier 1 standards? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com B to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve these goals. That's IXL.com slash B-E.